0: podcast is dedicated to those that are in the mix, making it happen, and want to do better, better at everything. Each episode, our guest will help us be better, do better, and perform better. We will tackle topics that we all deal with in business and in life.
1: Wow, I'm glad you made it back to another episode of The Wireless Way and... I'm always surprised and eager to um, find out what song selection my guest chooses for their intro music. And today, man, what a what what a great piece of music by Kid Rock! Really, kind of sets the tone, if you will. I think you're gonna enjoy this conversation with Jason Kaufman of Teleris, one of our great sales engineers. We kind of go into who he is, how he got here, and why the sales engineer teams make such a difference. And you know, it's always about the team, right? So, uh, thanks for checking out another episode of the Wireless Way, and it begins right now. Welcome back to another episode of the Wireless Way. I'm Chris Whitaker, your host, and today I'm joined by the one and only Jason Kaufman. Jason was born and raised in Venice, Florida, one of the few natives, I believe, uh, where he began his professional career in retail computer repair. So always been technical. Uh, Jason completed his bachelor's degree in information technology and transitioned his career into a tier one support representative with Star to Star, one of our suppliers. Within his role, Jason began working with businesses to manage and troubleshoot their UCAS environments. Uh, Since then, Jason has worked through the ranks of implementation, project management, strategic sales engineering, uh, even managed a technical account management team, then building and leading operations teams in a desktop as a service organization. So clearly a lot of technical engineering type stuff. Jason currently holds the position of sales engineer for the Southeast region at Teleris, a technology solution brokerage where he is responsible for coaching and assisting partners in designing solutions to solve their customers' needs while driving revenue to grow their business. That almost sounds like a marketing blur, but it's true. I know firsthand. So Jason has experience in architecting many types of solutions, including UCAS, contact center, SD-WAN, enterprise networking, and cloud infrastructure. Uh, coincidentally, he recently took on the Internet of Things and mobility, and he can even set the clock on a VCR, which is impressive for a man of his, of his tenure. Jason's skills focuses around accurately understanding the customer's requirements and explaining the advanced solutions to anyone, regardless of their technical comprehension, he enjoys the success of a happy customer excited by the decisions they made to benefit their business. And who doesn't enjoy that? So, Jason, thanks for making time to join us today. How are you doing?
0: Doing great. Thanks for thanks for having me. I, I I've been listening to your podcast, and I feel like a you know little mini celebrity now that you asked me to be on it.
1: Oh man, well, like they like they say, I'm gonna make you famous, or at least, I, you know, at least I think I am. I don't know. I'm just, I don't know if I even want to be famous now. I Think about it. Um, well, after reading your bio, I mean, you, you're a pretty accomplished guy. You've been around. You, you, you've, you know, you're on a great team now here at Teleris. Uh, but as I always like to do, you know, I really don't want to get into the conversation before we just learn a little more about you, about your journey, and uh, you know, how did you get to where you are today? Yeah. Yeah. So, um,
0: so we'll start off with with college. You know, I, I went to college at the University of Florida down in Gainesville or up in Gainesville from where I'm living now. And, uh, you know, I, I had a lot of fun. So I graduated with a degree that, uh, you know, doesn't really get you very far, but, uh, but it shows that, uh, that you'd have a lot of fun in college. So when I got done with that, I started in, you know, direct sales for Comcast. And then I went to, uh, landscaping and then Geek Squad. So to sum it up real quick, the three things I learned off the bat were rejection, uh, abuse, and I don't ever want to do landscape again. You know, I respect I respect the heck out of people that do landscaping, but that's my motivation for never wanting to go back. So after that, I got my uh, my kick into the telecommunications industry uh, to where I started off in tech support and um and it came the time after a few months where they're like hey do you want to go up to tier two tech support and do a little more of the command line interface or do you want to go to our implementation team so i chose the latter and went the implementation route that uh, started giving me some uh experience in the design phase as well for uh, we had an on-premise pvx and a lot of network design uh call flows contact center those types of things and then uh expanding into the sd WAN. Uh, market. And uh, what I found out real quick is a lot of the partners did not run through the sales engineering team. And by the time I got to the implementation team, it was a kind of a fix it before it even happens. And there's really no time to engage anybody else for it. So instead of the, I'm going to ask for permission, I started asking for forgiveness and started learning how to design systems. And then that led me over to the sales engineering team. Uh, And then once they found out, I got another degree from USF, and IT, uh, focusing on network security administration, Uh, that's when I officially got moved over. And a few months after that, I got pulled into the strategic sales engineering to where I was overseeing the more strategic partners, larger, more complex deals. Um, And then after that, it was uh, management to where I was running a technical account management team, grew it from a single individual to four people spanning across the country, um, had you know measured growth from a uh, revenue perspective, you know hitting a lot of demos, designs, trainings, those types of things offloading a lot of stuff from the sales engineering team. And then I got pulled over to uh, we actually brought another product for desktop as a service where we did uh, you know cloud um, Citrus Cloud and VDI over um, you know Windows, Windows Server and then moving to Windows 10. So I got some experience on there where I built a uh, technical support team and then took on the implementation team and then ran the operations once the uh, the, the SVP of operations decided to move on to a different company. So that led me to my uh, journey at Tolaris and where I start speaking about my, uh, and I'm using quotes right now, uh, expertise in uh, UCAS, CCAS, sd WAN. And Cloud and VDI.
1: Now, I love this. So did I hear you right? You you mentioned earlier that you uh, spent some time as a Comcast direct rep. Was that on residential or business side? That was residential.
0: Uh, I was trying to get over the business side, <laughs> okay. but uh, that was that lined up perfectly around the time when uh, Verizon was coming in with their fiber line. So that's where a lot of rejection came I was, in. I yeah. <laughs> People were kind of upset with oh, Comcast. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, as is par for course, I always learned something new about someone that didn't know. I mean, that that's how I got my start in telecom was door to door residential sales uh, after getting out of the army. And you know, again, I got out of the army not knowing how I was going to make a living. But uh, my my brother in law was gracious enough to set me up for an interview with a with a guy that had a door to door sales position open um, selling Roadrunner high speed internet back in nineteen ninety eight. So yes, uh, I've been around that long and. And uh, so, 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 yeah, you're right. You learn a lot about yourself and you learn a lot about reading people. And so I find it interesting because um, at that time, you already had your IT degree or no?
0: Not at that time. No, I got my IT degree while I was okay. at my previous company, Star to Star.
1: Okay, okay. I was about to say, it's kind of unusual. You don't see a lot of super technical people want to go into direct sales, Uh, but it's really cool that you have that background. Does that help you as a sales engineer in working with salespeople?
0: Yeah, it helps me read the room better. Uh, So I can tell when somebody's not engaged, when somebody's starting to get mad, somebody feels like they're not um, being included in the conversation. You you can tell that from facial expressions, the words they use, their tone. And uh, I feel like being the direct sales rep helped out tremendously with that because you're starting off at a negative disadvantage. I mean, you're walking up to somebody's house, you know, knocking on their door in their home, interrupting them. Whether it's you know lunchtime, dinner, they're watching TV, you know, doing something that they really like, and you're there to try to sell them something. So you're, you're trying to overcome so many obstacles that it, it leads you real quick on, hey, should I spend much time here or should I move on to the next house?
1: Yep, no, that's right. Reading the room, self awareness. I uh, I'm I'm, uh, I'm picking up what you're putting down, man. That makes a <laughs> lot of sense. Uh, so so, you have any advice for partners? Or, or you know, because let's, let's face it, you know, we're all in sales in some form or fashion. So let's just say, you know, anyone that's in sales, and of course, of our partners are, are sales professionals. Any advice uh, you have for them when it comes to working with you and and the team at Talaris, uh in terms of sales engineers? Yeah. Um... So one thing that's worked out really well is
0: partners engaging me that aren't comfortable with either specific vertical, like UCAS, CCAS, you know, WAN or cloud even. And, you know, they, they've been selling circuits their whole life or even I've had people that come up to me there, they've been accountants or something that had nothing to do with the technology field. And they're like, Hey, there's so there's some money to be made here. And, you know, they're like, Hey, I don't feel comfortable in this you know conversation. Can you help and, and see where we can get some opportunity? So I think that's where a lot of people have a hesitation is they, you know, they don't want to talk about something that they don't know anything about and afraid to pull in another resource. And that's the one thing I can't stress enough is don't feel uncomfortable pulling somebody like me in. I mean, we got your back through the entire thing. We're an additional resource that, you know, Players provides for you that you can bring in anytime, you know, help you out like an extension of of your company. And let's let's bring home the deal. Um, so, I mean, that's that's really one of the main things. The other one is don't feel afraid asking. Uh, you know, what you would feel is a stupid question. There are no stupid questions in this game. Stuff changes so much all the time. I asked. I felt like I asked so many coming into this position, just because all the different providers that are out there. I feel like you know, I think we got like three hundred or something like that. And then knowing the ins and outs of every single one of them, and then just being able to talk about them. I had so many questions where I felt like I was asking some of the dumbest stuff that people could come up with. And, you know, once it starts to click, it clicks, but you know, never feel like you're asking something that's too dumb to be asked.
1: You know, someone once said to me that sometimes the smartest people in the room are the ones that ask all the questions. Um, you know, reminds me of an old commercial for the uh, National Enquirer, or whatever Inquiring minds want to know. You know, so so that's that's a gift to have to be able to ask the right questions and with a purpose. And the, the brief time that I've worked with you, I think when I first met you, I, I, it stuck out to me you you were asking some really good questions and uh, and you weren't doing it just to hear yourself talk. Um, so kudos there. Uh, you mentioned that you had to work with a lot of different suppliers. And, and you're right, I can only imagine you know coming on uh, myself, you know just eight, nine months ago with Teleris, uh, and i and I focus on one discipline. I'm, I'm I got it easy. I just focus <laughs> on uh, wireless and cellular technology and internet of Things. And you know those that category alone, as you know, is very broad, deep, and wide, and you're kind of expected to know that and everything else. Uh, has there been like a favorite technology or a favorite? You know, type of conversation that is like your go to, like when it comes up on a call, you're like, I got this.
0: Yeah. So I, I, I have to say that I have to say there are two of them. Um, the first one is cloud. So anytime somebody wants to start a cloud conversation, they're very hesitant because, you know, you always got that that I.T. guy that wants to physically hold on to his environment. That's the way he feels like he has the most control. And, you know, something happens, he can go reach out to it. He can fix it right then and there. And offloading a lot of that trust to, a you know, a shared responsibility model like you get in the cloud. A lot of people, you know, they just want to start, you know, crawl, walk, run is kind of terminology that's being used. Okay, let's we'll start with some backups and we will move to the cloud. You really ever get somebody that, that's gung-ho like, hey, I have this whole server infrastructure on site. And, I'm, you know, I want to get it out of here. I want to go move to the cloud. I mean, you get that? That's like the, that unicorn that you're like, okay, great. This is going to be an awesome conversation. Um, so immediately having some of those hesitation, rejections, and those types of things, having to come up, you know, overcome it, you know, try to sell the technology itself on, hey, this is the benefits you get out of, out of moving to the cloud. This is, this is a lot of the stuff that you'll be able to sleep all at night, or you can offload to somebody else, and then you could do a lot of the cooler stuff. Uh, So that's really why I like cloud conversations because it also leads into other things like when we start talking about security and then, you know, the rest of stuff like UCAS, CCAS and all that stuff moving to the cloud. So you can see not just the smaller, you know, mom and pop IT shops, but the larger companies are doing it as well. So it makes it for a a fun, rather uh, consultative conversation. But, you know, not to suck up to you as well, one of the big things that I've started getting, you know, my hands wrapped around as I moved to Tolaris was the IoT space. You know, the whole conversation about 5G coming, you know, where you got low, mid or high band, you know, mixing mixing that around rural places that currently don't have Internet or, you know, getting speeds up to, you know, multiple gigabits per second wirelessly. Uh, that's going to open up a lot of room for innovation in the IoT space where there's already a ton of innovation already with, you know, the sensors and the, the tracking geofencing. Anything from, you know, it doesn't have to be from a wireless you know connection like 5G. I mean, people are pulling in Wi-Fi connections and pulling marketing capabilities out of it in order to upsell to their customers that you see in an airport or geofencing medical technology where people are consistently losing 300 grand in medical equipment a year. It's cool, the stuff that is so operationally efficient that's coming out. That just adding this connectivity piece to it with five G is going to you know just tremendously uptick the innovation that comes out with capabilities. But
1: I, and I appreciate you saying that because <laughs> I was going to say and I, I thought I was going to interrupt you. Say that that's the right answer. Yes, uh, <laughs> being that you are on the Wireless Way podcast, and uh, <laughs> you know, and you know, there's a lot of cloud conversations in IoT and in mobility in general. In fact there's probably just cloud conversations and almost anything technology now, and as well as cybersecurity. I mean, you, you really can't have a technology conversation without bringing up security. Um, so when you're talking to our partners, our, our mutual partners here, um, and, and again, they're bringing, they're bringing you a, a UCAS or an SD-WAN kind of deal, how, how do you see your role? Uh, is it just to answer questions about that particular technology or do you see yourself... Um, Maybe probing or asking questions, you know, to help, uh, you know, sell across entire technology stack. So
0: I, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, it's the mix of the sales and the engineering part of it. I think my job is to not sell a specific supplier. I think my job is to sell a techno a technology idea. So back to the cloud conversation, you know, somebody want, has the you know hesitation to move to the cloud. I feel like my job is to come in and, and overcome that objection on hey cloud's a great idea. Now let's get you with some providers that do it very well and let them finish the job and, you know, finish that home run there. Uh, So I think, I think the sales part of it is big. And then the engineering to ask those probing questions to make sure the right solution is presented to them. I mean, the last thing you want to do is, you know, spend an hour on a call with somebody just talking about things, but you actually don't get to the, to the questions that you need to, you know, the answers for on what exactly do you need? how many people do we need to pull into this conversation to actually know all the features that everybody use? Uh, I mean, if you just talk to one or two specific departments, there might be four or five other departments that you only know what they do during the day. I mean, people can assume to it, but I mean, as soon as you start getting somebody complaining about a solution, then it's just a domino effect from there. And that never turns out well for anybody, whether it's the provider or internal IT staff on the customer side, or for the fact matter, the engineer that, that actually brought that solution to the table. Uh, so I, I, I honestly think it's a mixture of both.
1: That makes a lot of sense, too. You know, I'm reminded, as you were talking about a meme I read years ago, and it showed it was like a cartoon of a sales guy and an engineer out in the parking lot getting out of the car. And the boss said, all right, John, we're going to go in there. I'm going to crack a joke. You answer the hard questions, and I'll make another joke, and we're out. Um, you know, and I've always kind of looked at it as my, my relationship with sales engineers over my career. Um, it's it kind of been that, in, in that, in that manner. It was like, Hey, okay, I'm going to get this in. I'm, I'm going to get, get the deal on the table. You, you, you make it, you sell the hard parts and then I'll, I'll get the paperwork signed. Do you find that as a challenge at times? So you're, you know, you're talking to a partner, they're a salesperson, they want to close the deal. Um, and then, you know, even our, our, our sales team would tell Eric, hey, there are salespeople as well. They're excited. They they see an opportunity here. The customer, someone just pitched an idea that's going to solve their problem. So they're eager and they're excited. Do you find it hard sometimes to be the voice of reason to maybe say, hey, guys, let's pump the brakes a little bit. We, we, we still got some work to do. Does that, does that ever come up? Uh, occasionally,
0: I mean, it, I mean, everybody wants to win the deal, right? So, I mean, it's tough to say, "Hey, we're on the, we're right, you know, passing third, about to hit, you know, home plate," and then you got somebody out in left field that goes, "Hey, let's hold up. I have a question here. I want to make sure that this is correct." You know, it's never a fun conversation to do, but it comes from comfortability with the with the partner and the salesperson. If you don't feel like you're comfortable to be able to do that in a situation where they trust that you're still, you know, having their back, you're on the same team. That's generally where the assumptions you know come into play to where salespeople and sales engineers feel like they're on opposite sides. You know the sales guy wants to get the sale and then they expect the sales engineer to say no whenever possible. So having that trust to where you're both on the same team, you both want the same exact uh, you know finish point there to where the sale is completed. It's just you want to make sure that the solutions is correct. The biggest thing that I heard in in my past that I thought was probably the most dangerous saying I ever heard is don't consume don't confuse selling with delivery. Because from a sales engineering mind, it's like, hey, yeah, we can get the sale, we can get the ink on the paper, but if that system doesn't get installed, then you're not setting up anybody for success. I mean, that's when you get like chargebacks and stuff from a commission standpoint. So I think there's a huge value in having that comfortability with the sales engineer to Be able to step in and say, "Hey, let's hold on for a second. I have a few things I want to discuss," and then trust that they're still going to, you know, push that sale forward. They may have a couple things that, you know, they want to just get some fine tooth, uh, you know, uh, you know, get some details on, or maybe even they're looking at an upsell opportunity. I've done that before. Stop, stop a sale right before it's about to close, and then bring an upsell opportunity in there to close the deal for even more money. So it just comes back to trust.
1: That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Tim Miller was my sales engineer for a couple of years at, at one of my previous roles uh, years ago, and he would always tell me, "Chris, don't confuse technology with the actual offering. You now, just because it is technically possible, doesn't mean that's what it, that the product or the service you're trying to sell does." And that was a big reminder to me because you know, oftentimes, yes, salespeople they know just enough to be dangerous, and they're trying to sell something to sell an outcome that's not quite in alignment with. With how it's delivered, so that was that, that was a very good tidbit. Um, you know, as we wrap it up here, I know we can go on and on, and I want to encourage anyone listening, whether you're a Tolerus partner, or you uh, are interested in being a Tolerus partner? Um, you can always reach out to us and reach out to me on LinkedIn, and I'll, I'll be sure to have Jason's uh, LinkedIn profile in in the show notes. But Jason, I kind of want to give you the last words. Any any last ideas or thoughts or wisdom you want to impart upon us, please. So
0: anytime, you know, always reach out, you know, I'm more than happy to help in any situation, whether it's, you know, the ones I love getting is the ones like, Hey, I don't think you guys can do this, but do you have a supplier that can uh, facilitate this solution? I love going for homework and trying to figure something out. I've, I've already solved a few of those. Uh, you know, I've been with, with players that long, I'm working on my fourth month now. Um, but I love, I love the ones that aren't cookie cutter, you know, give me a challenge, you know, let's see how many solutions we can bring to the table. And I love when the partner tells me, hey, you know, I don't really know all the different opportunities in here. And I started the conversation about this specific topic, but let's see what else is out there. And just opening up that dialogue that we were talking about earlier, get the customer talking on on their pain points. You know, what are they looking to do? What projects do they have coming on? Where do they feel nervous about? I, I physically had a customer tell me with the partner on the line, I'm so happy I'm not alone looking to do this. And that's one of those things like you don't expect to hear from a sales or a sales engineering perspective. I mean, you're expected to come in and try to sell something, so somebody needs to keep their guard up. But as soon as somebody tells you that they're happy that you're there and they feel like they're not alone, you're no longer a salesperson. You're an advocate for that customer. And that's really where you want to be. You want to be that trusted advisor. So that's the way that we help from the sales engineering side. We come in from an agnostic approach. We you know get the get the requirements that the customer wants. We're not even thinking about suppliers at that time, and then we do our homework to make sure that we have multiple suppliers that fit the bill, and then we bring it to the table. So it's not something where we're trying to get an easy sell. We want to make the right sale.
1: Wow, Jason Kaufman, uh, hailing from Venice, Florida, man, a lot of wisdom in that last few uh, moments there. You know, my, my key takeaways were: you know, salespeople don't like to sell things that they don't understand, and by working with you and your team, uh, you, you kind of bring in the clarity, you bring in the options, and the consultative cell and the solution cell. It's not about a quick cell; it's about the right cell that can actually be delivered. And that's why I, I'm just proud to call you a colleague. And I'm, you know, I feel like I'm smarter just by having, you know, talking to you whenever we get a chance to have a, a good conversation. So, hey, thanks for making time today. I really appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. I really appreciate it. There you go, another episode of The Wireless Way. Uh, If you want to learn more about how to become a partner with Tolaris, I would love nothing more than make some proper introductions to one of our 18 strategic partner development managers we have across the country. We have a growing team here at Tolaris for the sales engineers, solution architects, a best-in-class commission team, because let's let's not forget, that's why we're here. You know, it's it's to solve problems, but making a living at the same time, there's there's nothing wrong with that. So uh, I appreciate you joining uh, today and listening in our conversation with Jason Kaufman. And uh, if you like what you heard, tell your friends and your colleagues in the industry about The Wireless Way, like, share, and follow, and I appreciate it. Thanks for stopping in. Another episode of The Wireless Way is in the books.